1: Requires high-speed internet. Connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on Direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant!
0: For G, he's round the goalkeeper. He's done it!
1: Absolutely incredible! He launched himself. The crowd and Kung Fu kicked a supporter who was eyewitness without a shadow of an out giving him lip. Oh, I say it's amazing! He does it tame and tame and tame again.
0: In and around the Kremlin. Rude van Nistelrooy's workplace. Should someone ever have a tinfoil Papa John's trophy? Spotting Russell Crowe and Gordon Banks in the stands mid-game. Wout Weghorst's two-goal fetish. Just how do you win the transfer window? The just-sounds-so-right January transfer window 11. This week's Keys and Grey Corner. And reducing Frank Lampard's first Everton interview to its vital components. Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 132 of Football Clichés. I'm Adam Hurry, and with me, first of all, is Charlie Equisher. How's it going? It's going well, Adam. Yeah, how are you? Not too bad. Uh, just days after we appointed <laughs> a manager for our future Turkish Super League eleven, a dark horse has subsequently emerged. Joachim Lowe to Fenerbahce at the end of the season. Lovely stuff. see that coming.
2: No, we didn't. I, I still stand by Benitez as being more perfect, but the fact that this has happened suggests... Uh, <laughs> It, is, it also would have been a good prediction. No, it's, ve- it's very good. It does um, feels very right.
0: Um, tell you what also feels right, my second co-host, David Walker, welcome back.:
1: Thanks for having me. Back.:
0: <laughs> <laughs> Inappropriate because you' seeing how often you, you're you always here, anyway, that doesn't matter. Anyway, um, speaking of things that are always here, listener Andrew Bruce tuned into Radio 2's popmaster on Tuesday morning, and he spotted this curious little example of, oh, you know what's coming. Great.
1: And uh, away from uh, looking after them, what would you like to do if you get some time? Uh, yeah. like watching football. Me and Harvey a uh, season ticket holder at Manchester United for our sins. Oh, um, oh. could be <laughs> worse. Like it watching, could be worse, yeah. Yeah,
0: and I watch my son have a... <laughs> a knowing little chuckle there, do we think? Yeah, like? it
2: sounded like it. It definitely caught him a little bit off guard, like being reunited with an old friend that he thought he'd said goodbye to. I mean, because he might have thought he'd retired it, or we might have thought that, but... Try
0: telling the guests that.
1: Slight variation on the theme there as well. For our sins. Mm. Yeah,
0: pluralising it. Bringing also, someone else into the equation. Manchester assuming United. Assuming
1: sins. Really poor usage. Manchester yeah. United.
0: Not, it wouldn't have been ironic as well. It's just a thing that people say. I mean, it's it's a, it's a an innocent act, but there should be rules. There should be rules. But anyway, good to see that um, there are no hard feelings <laughs> on Ken Bruce's side. Um have uh, got a little bonus for you in this respect. Uh, this, is, um, this is from... Listener, Phil Nolan, who sent us uh, an excerpt from a video about Sabutio World Cup in 1990. Uh, contained Within was uh, an interview with its inventor. The whole thing was the idea of an ornithologist from Tunbridge Wells. It was 1946, just after the war, and there was a scarcity of toys. I'd always been a football supporter, particularly supporting Queen's Park Rangers for my sins. <laughs> <laughs> the oldest one so far, I think.
2: That's a really good emphasis that he puts on. That is like, gently, like, he really wants to get across that he's done it for his sins. That he's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not boasting about it. I've done it for my sins.
0: Did you know, did you know, uh, Dave, that Sabuccio was the brainchild of an ornithologist?
1: Seems like an athletic read waiting to happen. I had
0: no idea.
1: Would his ornithology skills have helped him at all in the creation of Well, I guess the sort of,
2: the bird's eye view... <laughs> that, 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 that Sabrina sub- is <laughs> would have been extremely useful.
0: Anyway, right. On to today's adjudication panel. A nice, gentle, easy tap-in of a start for us. Here's Foreign Secretary Liz Truss talking tough on Russia. Today, the Foreign Secretary told Russia,
1: faced with growing tension in Ukraine, a cleanup was coming and it would have teeth.
0: Those in and around the Kremlin will have nowhere to hide. <laughs> Charlie um such a complex geopolitical situation and yet my brain just thought what a frivolous little phrase to throw in there you know but that's just my football brain talking are we happy with this
2: no completely it is it just is funny because it's so incongruous we're used to it kind of coming from Andy Townsend or being told you know it let's get in and around Bruno Fernandez yeah. or something and then all of a sudden you've got this super serious situation, which, as you say, for us listening, just turns it into something quite amusing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But um, but, Dave, you know, does it work? Does it logically work? I think it does. You know, we we're thinking of outside forces meddling. Then perhaps it does. Yeah, but
1: also I think it it literally works because the sort of the particular sort of geographical layout of the Kremlin itself, it's not just like one building. It's, it's a big sort of... I think it was like a a fortress or something originally. I think that's what... I think Kremlin is sort of... Is it like castle in Russia, that sort of thing? Such a tough place to go and get a result, isn't it? (laughs) Very much so.
2: (laughs) For visiting delegations.
1: (laughs) Genuinely is. it does work, yeah. There are plenty of places to hide in and around the Kremlin.
0: Fantastic. Well, glad glad we've established that. So um, moving on. Wanted to share this one with you for a while, Charlie. This is from Kieran. Some unusual commentary he spotted... From this Premier League goals montage, this is Ruud van Nistelrooy scoring against Sunderland in 2002. You probably already know the month, but let's not bother with that. Leaves it for Becker. Van Nistelrooy
1: in his workplace, where he is
0: magnificent! (laughs) Quite like it. Not natural habitat, workplace.
2: I like that, because that, yeah, that's... It's an extension of that. That's where he does his best work, isn't it? Yeah. That that totally that totally makes sense for me. And he he was he very much did have an office a workplace where he did, he never really left.
0: I'm kind of happy to kind of welcome this into the into the lexicon, Dave, because you know we we, we talk about tools of your trade and that sort of stuff, and and uh, you know your right and left feet being. Being tools, but uh, the workplace—a specified area of the pitch where a player does his best uh, work—and in Van Nistelrooy's case,
1: famously in the penalty area. So happy, yeah. I like it. The speed of thought from the commentator was impressive there, because Beckham, Beckham plays a low ball into Van Nistelrooy, who's got his back to goal with a defender pushing up right, and he sort of sucks the defender in and rolls him. But to 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 go for that line—the old suck and roll.
0: Um, as with all Premier League gold compilation videos, you can never be 100% certain that it was commentated on live. Uh, but, but I'm not stepping into that
1: Viper's minefield masked.
0: ever again in case. I think it's Rob Palmer. Seems very Rob Palmer-y, that commentator, so uh, don't want to piss him off. But I am happy, Charlie, for our latest instalment of picking on young, innocent football fans. Hartlepool marched into the semi-finals of the Papa John's Trophy last week. But their evening, through in my eyes at least, was marred. By the fact that one fan brought along a tin foil Papa John's trophy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Any chance it was done ironically? I
0: don't think so. It's got the logo stuck on it, printed out and stuck on it, Hartlepool club badge, and ribbons. ribbons.
1: Mm. David has ribbons. Yeah, it's it's a pretty Uh. impressive effort. Yeah, and yeah, you know, it's not like a repurposed League Cup or FA Cup that they just slapped the logo on. It's the it, it's an accurate depiction of the of the actual Papa John's trophy. So fair play to the young lad.
2: I mean, if you're there supporting and you really want your team to win, then you feel as you would about an FA Cup or a League Cup or whatever
0: it is. And well, I suppose so you... it is the business end of the Papa John's. Yeah, as you well. go that you just go the extra mile. Hmm. Turns out. I mean, I never really considered this as part of the equation, Dave. But um, it's not a particularly complex trophy to cut out and cover in tinfoil. It's um, it's like a fat UEFA Cup. No big deal.
2: You're just a fat UEFA Cup.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sing that at the uh, in the semi-final stage. That Try telling fun. that fan that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, would happily would happily do that uh next up um let's close the book on this one dave nick h writes in and says can i throw a potential spanner in the works regarding the football stand named after compass points the south stand at carrow road is named after a person called arthur south not the compass point i wonder how many people know that
1: that's amazing oh but but so is it what is the compass point of that stand do we know is it the north stand but he's but it's yeah, University that would be called the South Stand. I hope it is. I hope they've done
0: that. Kara Road sits southwest to northeast. Goal-wise, oh, the South Stand is south-facing. The South Stand faces, well, actually, no.
1: Hang on. Which way are you thinking? Does, if it faces the pitch south, does that make it the South Stand? That would be the. If it's facing south, it would be the North Stand, right? Because it would be in the north, looking south.
0: No, I, no. I think we're both on the wrong. We're both on the wrong track here. It's where it's located, and it's south. East. So it's it's arguably still the South Stand and indeed the Arthur South Stand. So Okay,
1: a happy conclusion.
0: Thanks, Nick H. Spanner accepted, in the works, and we'll never mention that ever again. Charlie, meanwhile, at the tennis. Nick Monday writes in and says The Eurosport commentator when Russell Crowe was spotted at the Australian Open Final. Gladiator. That's a good reminder. What a film that was. <laughs> <laughs> I I, <laughs> I did actually see this. Oh live. nice. And uh
2: yeah, and then it sort of moved on quite quick. There was so much to take in, though, because the whole sequence was... It was one of those, a man who knows a thing or two. It was so irrelevant. He also looked so out of shape. So, it, it was like, in no way is he, like, inspiring to these two, like, elite athletes. But there was he had to say something, like, gladiator. Well, yeah, that's a reminder. That,
0: that was... That was a nice entry-level piece of famous person in the crowd work from Eurosport. But Stephen Townsend writes in, Dave, and he says, day, Adam. I thought you should know that Australian viewers were treated to a spectacular piece of famous person in the crowd commentary during the Australian Open women's final. During a tense moment in the first set, the camera panted Gladiator star Russell Crowe, sitting courtside with a serious expression. The lead commentator, England's Samantha Smith, finished with aplomb, quipping, There's a man who understands one-on-one combat.
1: Oh, <laughs> yes.
2: That's, That's nice. Good. Yeah, That's that nice.
0: is a multi-layered, superb piece of. There's a man who knows a thing. A or man two.
2: who knows a thing or two about God. being thrown to the lions,
0: but fictionally. Mm. So he might, maybe he doesn't. Is he any good in a fight? I think he, was he a, probably is actually a,
2: a method actor. He yeah. he, uh, he researched that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Theoretically, that leads us on nicely from a video sent to me by Clopo1892 and. Um, well, what a compilation someone's made of Gordon Banks being spotted in the stands during televised Stoke City games, by the way. There's Gordon Banks, one of uh,
1: Stoke's finest. Don't think he would have saved that shot either.
0: There's a man who knows uh, about making exceptional saves. The
1: man in your picture there would have definitely appreciated that save. wonder what that gentleman on the left there, Gordon Banks, made. He might have suffered a few of those in his time. Well, I'm sure he'd have saved that one. Certainly a stop that
2: he would have been proud of and pulled off many a save like that in his day.
0: Ah, all Incredible. the possible options there used up. Wonderful. Very good. Kudos
2: to whoever made that. That is excellent.
0: The tantalising thing about this video is that um, when I clicked on it after I was sent it, it appears to have been uploaded to an account named X-Pros in the Stands, which oh, suggests wow. that there are more coming. <laughs> Quickly going to be my favourite daily motion video account. Not that I have too many. Um, but yeah, all eyes on that one in the future could be uh, could make up a good eight percent of our content in the near future so that's that's good news for us another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app
2: to your ears by the athletic this is football cliches
0: right the transfer window slammed shut at 11 p.m on monday and here's here's the kind of the fallout from it here's the the bits i picked out that i enjoyed listeners will be pleased to know there is no or very little sky sports news chat we are post sky sports news aren't we charlie i think the, the time has come and gone yeah. For that. yeah we've done that yeah there's nothing more to say i don't Begrudge, any of it. It's fine. Do what you have to do. But I'll tell you what I found egregious in a very minor way. Burnley tweeted out a nice graphic, stats graphic, for their new signing, Vout Veghorst. Dutch caps 12 in big letters, Dutch goals 2, 160 career goals, three hat-tricks in 369 club appearances and 18 braces. (laughs) Oh, that's... Is that impressive? I mean, is that an impressive thing to know rather than... To have done, Charlie. It feels fairly arbitrary. It's just weird to see the word brace. Well, that's weird that. as well. Yeah, but Formal I mean, more context. Is it I
2: better? Yeah. Do, would you rather have as a striker lots of braces or lots of ones? I don't really know. In a way, would you? I mean, I guess you, you don't really care as long as you're getting your goals. Would you not rather score? Because because you could spin that as he scored in X many games. You sometimes, see. you know, he scored in seven yeah. of his
1: last twelve games. You sometimes see. I've just never heard a commentator. Reference the amount of braces anyone mm. has got. You know, you've, you've obviously heard people say Cristiano Ronaldo has scored twenty-five X career amount hat-tricks. of hat tricks. Exactly, he never go and that's that's his seventy-fourth career brace. Mm. There, you say that, but um,
0: one there, there is one player who was famously known for bagging braces. Former Austrian legend Tony Polster oh, yeah. was known to fans right. in the Bundesliga as Tony Doppelpack because of his reputation for scoring two goals in so many matches. I don't have the stats. Well, that's
2: interesting. Is that is that because he was he like he never got hat tricks? Because I remember, I I remember Robin van Persie didn't score his first Arsenal hat trick till. January 2011, and he he had he had scored tons of braces in that time before. But
1: did old uh, Tony Doppelpack at some point? Does he then become anti-Hattrick when he become if you if your na- nickname mm, is, thing. is is about braces? You can't score the third goal, you ruin it. He's so happy with his nickname that's actually his Instagram username.
0: I suspect he's probably got merchandise along those lines. But um, imagine being known for scoring. Two things. That's that's very niche. I mean, it's not a bad thing, Dave at all, is it? Yeah, I
1: mean, it's, it is better than scoring once. Yeah,
0: okay, no doubt about it. In defence of Veghorst's brace record, <laughs> I have to think of a new nickname for him, maybe this is perhaps an open and shut case for us, Charlie. Um Tang and Dombalay joining uh, Leon on a loan to the end of the season, being unveiled with the year twenty twenty two on the back of his shirt. Not for me. Permanent deals only and further ahead than the current year too.
2: As unimpressive as it could possibly be when it's yeah. literally the year we're in. Yeah, I noticed they did this with the other players they'd signed. So it's kind of company policy, isn't it? But um, yeah, you'd think you might relax. I mean, I, I generally find it quite helpful the way they do that because it is additional information you always want. But... Um, Yeah, with a six-month loan, it's maybe not not quite so appropriate. No, I'm not
0: happy with that. Leon, sort it out. We're obliged to ask in the hours after the window slamming shut, Dave, who won the window? Who won the transfer window? And whilst I never care about the answer, I am always fascinated by the working that goes into it. What what do you think, on the top of your head, what goes into deciding who wins a
1: window? What criteria should we be applying here? I think it shouldn't be who has spent the most money. Mm Mm-hmm on just on its own i think Mm -hmm. there has to be some quality judgment in terms of the players they've brought in and yeah i think there has to be a value a value judgment have they signed players for the right amounts of money have they done what they needed to do so if you've signed you might have signed a lot of players but they don't address your address your specific needs maybe
2: what i think has a disproportionate value in the people who anoint this sort of thing is a signing like Matt Target for seven million, yep. because then you say, you know what? That's a smart signing. Mm. Premier League ready, mm. slots straight in. Is that Keasy? That's no, that's not key That's sort of more generic. Yeah, you wouldn't get him talking country. about Matt Target that's, to Newcastle. Yeah, that, no, that's,
1: that's a man in man in Sky Sports News Studio. Yeah, yeah exactly. X-Pro. Yeah,
2: yeah. X Pro being asked who's won the window. They're bringing Matt Target. You know, players like Matt Target, they know the Premier League. They can play on the weekend no
0: problem i think they've had a very very solid window interesting okay so so it can't be too vulgar in terms of spending and it has to have an element of kind of strategy to it okay so
2: often quantities well i think often you've got like a four players topped off with a mat target who then you're like yeah that's sensible
0: i think i think you're onto something here i would i would go as far to say um, it has to range between 3 to 5 players and, that, and those players can range between highly promising but ready for the first team. So you're not you're not signing them completely for the future. They could slot straight in. And then arguably a coup, but in reality, their last club wanted rid of them. So Alley to Everton, which is I think I think potentially a component of having a great window almost blindly. And I, it's got to the point where I think Everton's transfer policy is simply to win transfer windows. It's just how how, how what players can we sign that make people think, Wow, oh, yeah, well I can say regardless well. of whether they need them or not
2: like the famous 2017 summer window where Kesey did anoint them as winners of oh. the window and claimed in his tweet that he wouldn't be surprised if they finished above Liverpool that season oh. that season ended with Liverpool reaching the Champions League final and Everton sacking their manager after a couple of months but it was exactly that it was players like Davy Klassen who came in yeah. who I must confess I also thought that's a great signing smart You know, he'll he'll, he'll get it.
0: He'll he'll slot in. Yeah, we we should never feel too guilty about these sort of predictions. But, Dave, I I was having a quick glance at who people thought had won the window in various outlets. Everton had been claimed to win the window with their their double swoop for Deli Alley and Donny van
1: der Beek. Do you have people, like I would say erroneously, chucking in Frank Lampard to that? Oh, yeah. Because he was announced on deadline. That's been their biggest
2: signing of the window. Made no mistake.
0: (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Uh, More on him later. Um, Villa have been um, claimed to have won the window, Charlie, for doing their business quietly, going about their business quietly in January. Doing it early. Yeah. (laughs) Do it on January 1st without anybody knowing.
2: Amazing window. They were decisive. Yeah, Villa did have. They should have signed Matt Target. The problem was they had him already, but that would have really topped off that. That perfect, efficient under the radar window.
0: Uh, perhaps there's a third angle here. Liverpool have also been claimed to have won the window, Dave, because uh, well, they only made one signing, but it, uh, but they you know they they saw what they wanted they got in there and got the deal done when other clubs were hovering. So and and it's also arguably because lots of people don't know who he is, including me, he probably fits into smart signing territory as well, doesn't
1: he? Yeah, this is Diaz, right? Yeah. Who they who they also like stole, they nipped in and stole from Tottenham. Is that right as well? There's another sort of element to that. If you can if you can hijack a deal, that's always good. But I think you need more than that. I think Liverpool, they're too good initially anyway, just they're just topping up, you know, an already good squad. But it's not transformative enough for them to say they've won the window. They needed more than that.
0: Uh, if we're looking for a kind of whole package of smart signings, signing things that you need, um, sort of a, a nice range of outlays, um, perhaps, uh, perhaps a, an appropriate shout here, given their, their snapping up of a, of a promising prospect for a low seven-figure fee on deadline
1: day, how about the New York Times? They've had a good window. Big mm. news last night. Wordle. <laughs> I thought it was a piss take when I first saw it. <laughs> I
0: saw so many withering tweets about that. It was it was—it um, was quite astonishing. Quite a thing to witness. I think they can do a job. I think they can do a job there. Smart. Yeah, really brainy signing, that one. Well done. The flip side to obviously winning the window is, can you lose the window? I guess the only way you could lose the window would be to lose a player you desperately didn't want to lose, and then not oh, sign anyone to replace him. Is is that that counts as losing the window, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Not not
2: addressing problem areas, yeah. I think, is. So Arsenal, I mean, say, like Arsenal, you could say have lost this window. They haven't brought anyone in.
1: The other thing is that their fans, and they Arsenal fans always think they're going to bring people in, right? But. So, do most clubs' fans, but they, there was kind of genuine talk this time that they were gonna maybe go all out for Calvert Lewin or Vlahovic or Izak, you know, big headline mm. 70 million plus striker, and it was seemed to be a realistic proposition. And then it just didn't happen. I don't think Ornstein mentioned it once on Deadline Day, like it was just nothing, absolutely nothing. And they, all these Arsenal fans were just furious. So I think that I think expectations mm. versus reality is a, is a big part of winning yeah. slash losing the window. Good shout.
0: It, it's never a uh, it's never a January deadline day without seeing the uh, the glowing pitch lights at the Emirates just before. I think mm. that's the new low key icon of now how we day.
1: how we long for the days of the dildo.
0: Yeah, how do we do we long for it? it I, it's I, it's, I it's I right see, up there with you? Euro '96 no, things. I feel we
1: do, don't need to talk no, about. No, I about. do miss that. I do miss it. <laughs> Come on, it was fun. Okay, fair enough.
0: So famously, Charlie, January windows are a tough time to do deals. Um, And and of, of course, the flip side is that they're prone to kind of panicky situations. But I spotted a lovely trend of transfers that just sounded so right. So perfect for all parties involved, especially the player and the buying club. So I put together a nice little 11 for us. So this is the just sounds so right January transfer 11 Charlie I want your verdict on these please in goal Jonas Lossel, Mitchelland to Brentford welcome back to the Premier League for him
2: look he's he's not David Raya he's never going to be but is, <laughs> is he going to go in there and um you know strengthen the team yes and that, and that's all you can do in January you know that's what we're going to ask yourself am I going to make the team better and the answer here is yes.
0: <laughs> you peaked there whether he's not David Raya, but uh, <laughs> that, that was astonishingly good. At Right back, Charlie. Nico Williams, Liverpool to Fulham. I can picture him in a Fulham yeah. shirt. What do you think?
2: Yeah, good player. Good player. A lot of talent. I, mean, I think it's a great move From him. I think for all parties.
0: Our centre-half partnership. Nat Phillips, Liverpool to Bournemouth on loan. And Callum Chambers, Arsenal, to his, frankly, destiny, Aston Villa.
2: Yeah, I mean, that, that one... That feels right. Solid player. Can play anywhere anywhere in defence. Can do a job in midfield. Done that before. Did it at Fulham. Yeah, I think, I think Villa. What a great winner they've had, by the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, as an aside for this, Dave, when Callum Chambers was unveiled at Aston Villa, he said, It's a massive club and they're in a great moment at this moment in time. <laughs> He double-momented. I've never heard it. It had to be an Englishman who did it. It had
1: to be. we love to see it, yes. And he does, he fits in it. He fit well, I, I actually think the thing with Canon Chambers is he, he sort of fits Villa more like 10 years ago. I could see him more in the Martin O'Neill era. With acorn on his chest. Or Rover. Than I can in the in the burgeoning Stephen Gerrard revolution. Because he's basically Gary Cahill, isn't he? In your yeah. mind at this point.
0: yeah, Exactly, yeah. In this mm. moment. Left-back I had a little bit of trouble with. Um, at first I went with Luca Dean, Everton, Raston Villa, but that was only, I thought, because there weren't many options. But thankfully Watford came to my rescue, <laughs> as they so often do. Because every Watford signing, for one reason or another, is pure Watford. And that's Hassan Kamara from Nice. Yes. Don't know a huge amount about him. Uh, you know,
2: not uh, not a player I've seen a huge amount, but look, that's that's a problem area for them. They, they needed to address that, and uh, you know, he's
0: got every chance. Right, in midfield, Charlie, you can have a choice between Giovanni Lacelso Tottenham to Villarreal on loan, or Brian Hill Tottenham to Valencia on loan. React to whichever one you like.
2: Look, Lo Celso's a talented player. Is he cut out for the Premier League? Don't know. I don't think we've seen enough from him over the last
0: couple of years. <laughs> Charlie, was it because um, he didn't acclimatise the Premier League or perhaps he just wasn't given the opportunity to thrive in the Premier League? I think it's a combination. <laughs> the, the, the,
2: this, this can happen. You know, good players, they don't become bad players overnight. Sometimes they're not the right fit, not the right league. And I think he goes over there, gets some minutes under his belt and maybe <laughs> we reassess in the summer. But, you know, it's a, it's a shame because there's a player there. Oh, there's a, make no mistake, there's a player there.
0: Okay <laughs> Next up in midfield You can have either Jeff Hendrick Newcastle to QPR on loan Or you can have Tom Ince Stoke to Reading on loan Tom Ince It's got to be the latter
2: Tom Ince Yeah He he need, he, uh, he. needs that He needs He, you know, he needs to new... get away from Stoke Yeah It's uh, He just needs give, give me a new lease of life From up there
0: Up there Down there <laughs> Doesn't matter. Depends <laughs> where you turn the globe. Irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New lease of life. Uh, how many leases of life has, has Tommy Ince had, by the way? Potentially uh, slam dunk for you here in the third midfield slot. Here's Donny Van Der Beek joining Everton on loan from Manchester United.
2: I mean, look, I remember watching Donny Van Der Beek at Ajax, and we were per- you know we were one exciting player hasn't worked out at United, but with Frank Lampard, you know, a manager who he knows how to play that role, and I think with the uh, with Frank, we we will see the Ajax version, you know, oh, and then throw Delhi in there as well. They're they're building something up there.
0: Do you think he just sort of needs an
2: arm around the shoulder, Charlie? I think some players do. You know, <laughs> we've uh, we've all been there as players, and and there are you have teammates who some like a, I love the bollocking. I love the manager <laughs> who told me if I was playing badly. But especially these younger players, <laughs> not all of them respond well to that. Mm-hmm. And I think he, he does need someone who'll come in and say, hey. What happened to that bloke at Ajax from a couple of years what happened to him I ain't seen him for a while that's what I'd be saying and I think with
0: that diff- different animal all right good luck with this one um your first striker in our attacking trio is Jordan Hugill Norwich to Cardiff on loan Ooh. speaks for itself <laughs> <laughs> just these, just, just needs games doesn't he
2: just needs games yeah yeah
0: Buzzing in and around him, Anwar El Ghazi, Aston Villa to Everton on loan. Don't see it. <laughs> Don't see
2: it. What? I, I, he, he didn't do enough there, and that tells you everything you need to know about Everton Football Club. Just you know, take someone hoping it works out, and then the manager's gone the next week anyway. Not for me.
0: All right, and finally, Andy Carroll has joined West Brom on a free.
2: <laughs> you know, it's um. 11 years now since Andy Carroll, you know, he, he made that move to, uh, to Liverpool from, from Newcastle, same day as uh, Luis Suarez. And I remember speaking to Kenny at the time, I said, you've signed a player there. And he said, what, Luis? I said, no, Andy Carroll. You know, and that was the thing at that time. You know, we thought that was the, uh, the big signing. And, and, and they've gone in different directions. And, and I think it's been, it's a shame because Andy Carroll, you talk about how good he is in the air, he's got a left peg. Let me tell you, he's got he's got a left peg on him, and May, you know maybe maybe this will uh, revitalize his career because we're we're talking about a former England centre forward. Let's not forget that you know, Euro twenty twelve. He was he
1: was a player. Um, and I think this could, this, this, What's
0: going on with your voice? But it's still <laughs> very suitable. It's, uh, this uh, you know, this this could
2: really turn things around for him. So, uh, so excited to see it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Will we ever do this again? I'm not sure. I really hope so. I really hope so. But I'm glad you got through the 11. Well done, Charlie. Applause. Come on, Dave. Fantastic stuff. Fantastic stuff. Okay, another one of those in late July. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight
1: battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
2: Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, Every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Go 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Oh, look at that! That is wonderful! Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This
0: is football cliches. Now, we have touched on Frank Lampard to Everton. And the port of call here was so obvious for so many people. But yeah, that particular ship has sailed. I'm not going to talk about Lampardian transitions because Frank Lampard has another string to his bow. He is one of the new group of earnest football managers. And in his nine-minute interview with Everton's YouTube channel, I've reduced it to the, the, the vital component parts.
1: First of all, your reaction to becoming the new manager of Everton Football Club? The tradition the size of Everton Football Club. There's so many different facets of the football club that that reached out to you, that appeal to you. Uh, The size of Everton Football Club. Did the chairman and the owner give you an idea of their
0: long-term vision for the football club? Passion and and fight and I think it relates to Everton Football
2: Club. That runs through the fans first and foremost because they are the football club. The first thing as a football club when you're having tough times, and, and this happens. I've been fortunate enough to work at Derby
0: Football Club and I'll try and bring Things I learnt to Everton Football Club, but, mm-hmm. yeah, of course we want to win football matches. <laughs> <laughs> Just a sneaker one in there at the end, right? Right, Dave. Let's get let's get into the data here. Uh, if you include the uh, the interviewer, that's Football Club. Every fifty six point six seconds of his interview, that's an astonishing
1: hit rate. That is is that sustainable? No, I mean, <laughs> and I mean, he even snuck in a Derby Football Club.
0: Yeah, Come yeah, on. which is wrong, isn't yeah, it? Derby yeah, Derby
1: County. Yeah. I know.
0: I mean, he, he that brainwashed me so so much that I thought he only managed clubs who had one word for their names. And I thought, no, <laughs> hang on a minute. Um, Frank's, Frank, Frank has forgotten the full name. So
1: and yeah. I know you didn't want to talk about Lampardian transition, so I won't dwell on it. But it's got to, it has got to the stage now where he may be aware of it, I don't know. But it, that whole interview, go and check it out if you haven't seen it on, on Everton's socials. It looks like he is constantly on the verge of laughing. He's really trying to not laugh, but... It, it, it the transitions for he between between smiling exactly they're happening yeah. in microcosm throughout the yeah. whole thing yeah constantly he's like he's fighting a battle with himself it got to the point, Charlie, where I thought the interviewer
0: was genuinely trying to get an absolute gold one out of him for the, for everton's social media or something because at the end they they asked him about Frank Lampard's senior scoring against everton in the FA Cup and how um about how Junior had done it as well. And he, he basically went, yeah, I'm really sorry about that, but didn't quite, uh, didn't quite did, go do, for it. Do you think, he must be aware of it. I think so. It's and also. It's just exploded in the last couple of weeks or so.
2: Yeah. But do you, do you feel a sense of pride? Because I very much yeah. associate that with you. Yeah, and do, But do you also feel ownership and do you constantly want people to kind of, because you can't really pattern that, can you? Or no. Sort of, no I'm, which is a shame. I'm like I guess the, the evidence is there.
0: I'm like the ornithologist who invented Sabutia um, for my sins. Uh, I'm happy to, you know, let that bird fly away, fly the nest. Mm. And yet it will always be my bird, my bird. Um, but yeah, if you take the interviewer out of the equation, Charlie, um, it's still 70.7 seconds for every football club or football <laughs> match from Frank. Now, if you compare that to the unveiling, we haven't had seen him at his first press conference yet, but it stands him in good stead. Because Eddie Howe's first press conference, he averaged 157 seconds. Dean Smith, 82.5 and a surprising outlier. And Stephen Gerrard, a mammoth 268. So I I feel Lampard could trouble Mm. those numbers. Yeah, I mean, I kind of thought he,
2: I don't know, I thought the new school like him might have moved on from that a little bit but it's it feels like almost they're embracing it even more.
0: So much chat about the passion of the Everton fans and how and how when well, he used they to are play the football there club. he used to feel the passion and I I'm stunned. I find it slightly disheartening actually Charlie that managers feel the need to butter everybody up like this. I genuinely do. I think it's I think it's absolute nonsense.
2: Yeah, although I guess when you're coming in <laughs> to a football club where they've hounded out a potential football club manager before mm-hmm. he was even there you probably feel that you do need to get them on side. Yeah. I mean, uh, Benitez famously
0: quickly. not in for that sort of chat at all. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I kind of get it. So the charm offensive, I guess, especially if you join mid-season, has to start in earnest. Plenty of chat about Frank Lampard's in-trade, Dave. Can you give me three oh, yeah. quick
1: things that are in his intray, please? <laughs> Got to get him moving up the table. Just steer them away from relegation. That, that's number one priority. Points on the board. Get I them up that, the table.
0: I believe that's classified as halting the slide.
1: Uh, Charlie, any,
0: any anything for his in
1: Yeah, there has to be a get someone
2: firing.
0: Who's he getting firing? Well, I'm tempted to say Calvert-Lewin. It he's is. been injured, yeah. is it? Okay, good, yes. Yeah, 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 so two get... headlines have gone with uh, get Dominic Calvert-Lewin firing. or One of yeah. them also said Richarlison.
2: I was going to say, if... if You'd normally go for a player who's been a bit out of form. So in that respect, to go Richardson, get the get fans, the fans get on side. the fans on side. Yeah, yeah, get them enthused, give them something to shout about.
0: That seems like a slam dunk, but it's not in either of the headlines uh. I've got here. So we've got one out of the three so far. Stop leaking goals. Yes, there you go. Very good. Both Sky and the Daily Mail would sort out their leaky defence. Daily Mail going, we tighten up a leaky defence. Make third ones, in a fortress again. Yeah, again, again, that, again, perfect. But they didn't go for it. Um, Sky Sports went with Find the Creative Spark for number three. And the Daily Mail went with Trust Youngsters Gordon, Patterson, and Branthwaite. Because Lampard, of course, famously a youth promoter. So uh, quite an intro he's got there between all, between all three of us. Parties. We've given him a lot to do. Um, this is what everyone's waiting for, though. Let's finish today's episode with Keys and Grey Corner. Um oh, This is this is sumptuous. And and a slice of Keys and Grey that we've never really covered before this is uh, from joe stevenson a noted keys and gray enjoyer charlie the digression here is is a work of art
1: in a letter to the sunday telegraph writes yeah. uh, sammy this week david bernstein called for action over the use of the y word mm-hmm. at football matches i'm not going to use it because 10 10 11 years oh by the way happy anniversary what for 11 years this past week you got the sack oh right thank you very much yeah 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 that's right buns night yeah yeah i remember yeah. it well buns yeah. night will never be the same again no <laughs> That very thoughtful telephone call yes, that you got yes. from Sky and were told him within 30 seconds that mm. it was up. Yeah. yeah was after nice, 22 years? After 20 odd years, yeah, that, that, yeah. I think it was might have been 15 seconds. The guy on the other end was. Barney,
0: uh, Francis. Barney Francis. Was It wasn't his fault. He was very sheepish and embarrassed. But uh, well, he didn't 15 do a lot, to, seconds didn't to, do a lot seconds. to
1: protect you. No, nothing he did. There
0: you go. <laughs> anyway,
1: I'm not using it because. No. Nope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> two things here, Charlie. First of all, as soon as, as our as digression begins, you're left wondering, will he remember to go yes, back to the very yes. serious subject that he was talking to before? I can't believe he does. And then the second thing is, Could it have, It could only have been that. It could only have been that bugbear that they get. they, they have to get into. But it's
2: just perfection because he does this years. in so many of his blogs that he'll start off talking about a topic... And digress onto the witch hunt at Sky and all of that sort of stuff. That is that um the Barney Francis is that is just, just I don't think you could write better. I mean, many have tried. He is basically kind of a partridge bit of Brent, but as a character, I don't think you can improve on him.
0: All it needed was Mike Riley in there somewhere, getting slammed <laughs> yeah. for something. It, yeah. it, 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 one day Benitez. it'll emerge that Mike Riley was the one that got him sacked from Sky, and then it will all be explained. Even <laughs> Rafa Benitez. Yeah. Anyway, tremendous adjudication panel. Well done, everyone. We've covered so much ground. Um, thanks to you, Dave, for joining us. Thank you. Thanks to you, Charlie. A, a particularly sterling effort from you. Unexpectedly so.
2: Lovely stuff. Thank you.
0: Okay, coming up later this week, a world-exclusive meso Holland Dix, the one you've all been waiting for, So, one to anticipate for later this week. See you then.
1: The Athletic.